Extraordinary Moms podcast. I'm Jessica Dahlquist, your host, and every week I interview a different mom who shares their motherhood journey and the lessons that they've learned along the way. If I've learned anything from interviewing such a wide range of moms, it's that no two moms parent in the same way. We should celebrate that and learn from one another. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast today, and if you like what you hear, please share the show with a friend. Hello, everybody. How are you doing? I hope today's episode is incredibly informational for you as it was for me. We're covering a new topic, and that is Tourette's Syndrome. Ginger McKee is a mother of a son, Jake, who was diagnosed with severe Tourette's at the age of six. And then he went on to suffer from severe OCD at the age of eight. And she has written a new memoir called He's Not Broken, A Mother's Journey to Acceptance. And if you have a child with special needs, if you feel like your child is not understood by others, if you feel like you're at a loss of how to help your child, this episode is for you. She is such an extraordinary mom in the way that she's navigated this challenging path and now her son is in his early 20s and life looks different for him still but it also looks different than they originally thought when they got that Tourette's diagnosis at the age of six so it's an incredible book I think you should check it out and I'm so excited for you to learn more about Tourette's syndrome and about Ginger's journey as a mom so let's get to my conversation with Ginger McGee all right. I am so excited to be chatting with Ginger McGee today. Hi, Ginger. Hi. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. Where am I speaking to you from? I am in Savannah, Georgia. Oh, that is on my bucket list. I've heard wonderful it's really, things. It's If you're into ghosts, it's definitely the place to come. <laughs> are you into ghosts? <laughs> I am very much into ghosts. Yes, I um, actually have a young adult book that I've written that I'm working on um, deep edits for right now. That's about a local Savannah ghost. Are so, yes. you serious? Oh my gosh, that is so fascinating. Yeah, I'm not really sure if I believe. I mean, I'm a spiritual person, so I believe mm-hmm. in the presence of of things. Sure. But are you like more of a friendly ghost or like a haunting ghost kind of person? <laughs> <laughs> Well, the ghost that I wrote about, she's friendly. She's a little sad. Okay. Um, but I just, I just like it all. I just am really into the whole paranormal thing. And I'm a very spiritual person, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to religious. I'm very spiritual, but I, I just, I'm into anything and everything supernatural, paranormal. I dig it. Interesting. <laughs> well, I'll have to check that out once you, uh, you get that out. That sounds really fascinating. Well, we're not going to talk about ghosts yeah, today. Unfor- unfortunately, that's not going to be the focus of the whole okay. podcast. You have you have another story to tell as well. It is actually in in another book that you wrote. But for people that don't know you yet, Ginger, will you just give a little background on yourself and your family? Yeah, yeah. So um, as I said, I'm, I'm living in Savannah, Georgia with my husband, my two sons. I have uh, Jake, who the book was written about. He is 23 now. And then I have Nick, who is 15. Um, I also have five rescue animals that I cohabitate with. Mm-hmm. And, um, and my husband, he's a commercial illustrator. So we're all home, all together, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds very, very fun. Well, we're going to go back early in your motherhood journey a lot of years because Jake, like you said, is now 23. He's your oldest. And, I mean, what? Yeah. Did, how did the first few years of motherhood, how did that look for you? And when did things start to kind of take a different path? Or when did he start developing some, well, some behaviors that were not, not as typical? Right. Yeah. You know, when, when the whole ride started, this whole motherhood thing started, um, I was fully prepared. I had read every what to expect book that you could get. You know, I, I was well ahead of the game and, and as to what I could expect, only what happened was, uh, we came to a screeching halt when Jake was about five, I guess. Um, and the, the books didn't cover the stuff that I was going through. It didn't make any sense to me anymore. He had, um, I guess, 
kind of talking about where it originated, how the whole story began, he he always had some different behaviors. He was very particular with with textures and um, a lot of sensory issues. But you know, I, I didn't really have any red flags going up yet because kids are strange and <laughs> they do strange things and. <laughs> You know, it doesn't necessarily mean that there's there's something to be concerned about, um, you know, just because he wouldn't get his hands dirty, whereas most mothers would probably be thrilled with that. I was, you know, like, please just put, just put your hands in the dirt, get your hands dirty. You're a little boy. But um, so it, it started off mostly with sensory issues, but then he started repeating things. And again, not cause for alarm kids are strange you know I keep going back to that but they are they're odd little creatures and they do odd little things but his first thing I guess that he started doing was repeating the word pardon and we were teaching in manners at the time I mean he was five four five we were teaching in manners at the time but he would say it just randomly pardon 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 and I mean it just keep going on under his breath and and again, no cause for alarm, but other things started happening. He began spitting a lot, um, just randomly spitting um, in places that it just didn't make, this behavior didn't make any sense. So the repetitive behaviors along with the sensory issues and things like that kind of started to add up a little bit as, hmm. you know, pointing to the fact that something more was going on. Um, he also did not deal with change very well. Um, and not just like, oh, you know, we can't go to this play date today. So it's, you know, I'm sorry you're disappointed. And he throws a little fit. It wasn't like that. It was like the world hmm. caved in on him. I mean, it was the end of the world if anything changed. And so we were constantly walking on eggshells trying to anticipate things ahead of time with him. So as to prevent these meltdowns that he would have. Um, and the repetitive behaviors just got worse and they began to migrate into more than just vocal ticks, what we would later come to know were ticks. Um, and he started, one of the things that he began to do was to punch himself in the stomach mm. and not just like a little tap. I mean, he would literally just repeatedly punch himself in the stomach. Oh. Um, he, and I mean, what do you do with that? Right. 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 Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and that's one of the things that a lot of people I'm kind of jumping ahead with his diagnosis, um, the diagnosis of Tourette's severe Tourette's a lot of things that people don't understand about Tourette's is that it's not just vocal. It, it can be very, very physical and it can be very, exhausting and painful he you know mm. the punching of the stomach he would i walked in on him one time watching a cartoon i don't know he's watching jimmy neutron or something and i i was in the kitchen and i glanced in at him and he was sitting there on the couch tears running down his face stretching his jaw as wide as he could and in order to get it to stretch even wider, he would stick his entire fist in his mouth and just sit there with his fist in his mouth. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And, and it, it really was. And, and I learned prior to that, I, he was doing something. I don't, I don't know what tick had manifested at the time, but I learned early on that I couldn't go in and ask him, are you okay? So here I am, my five, six-year-old is on the couch watching a cartoon like every other kid his age, but he's got his entire fist in his mouth and he's crying and I can't do anything about it because if I go in and, and I interrupt him and ask him if he's okay, he has to start over again because as it turns out, he was diagnosed with Tourette's when he was six, severe Tourette's, and then with severe OCD when he was eight and they fueled each other. Hey everyone, I wanted to thank a show sponsor and that is Cubo AI. This might be a new brand to you as it was to me, but this is the baby monitor of your dreams. It has an adorable bird design and Cubo AI is the first smart baby monitor to apply AI technology detection to baby's sleep, safety, and memories. Can you believe this? 
You know, if you're a new mom or you've been a new mom, you know the stress that comes with newborn life, right? You're always checking to see, is my baby still sleeping? Did something happen? Are they breathing? What's going on? And you're just on high alert all the time. Well, the founder of this company teamed up with her pediatrician and a team of tech parents to make a change. This monitor helps parents around the world keep their babies safe and sleep better all night long while actually capturing memories for their precious years. So there's safety alerts to let you know if your baby's face is covered, if there's rollovers, if they're crying, and this is all in 1080p HD video. It's so crisp, you'll be able to see everything. And so in addition to giving you peace of mind, you also get to check on your beautiful baby. Kubo AI gives you sleep analytics and it stores the video for 18 hours. And the other cool thing is you can share up to eight accounts on this. And so grandma and grandpa and your aunt and uncle, they can actually log in to view the baby as well. And that is just so fun for them. I know my mom is gonna love getting her login information. It's smart home compatible, two-way audio, temperature and humidity detection, customized alerts, and it has a cute bird design. What more could you want? There are lots of baby monitors to choose from, but Cubo AI beats them all, in my opinion. So go to getcubo.com and use my code EEP for $10 off your purchase. That's getcubo.com and use my code EEP for $10 off your purchase. Enjoy and get some peace of mind and some extra sleep. Now let's get back to it with Ginger. For people that aren't as familiar with Tourette's, and I feel like there's not a whole lot of conversation about it, I've only personally known one person in my life who had uh-huh. Tourette's. Um, in my a child in my in my class in fifth grade had it, okay. and that is my only exposure aside from, you know, some some media coverage and things like that. But other than that, like, what is it? What is causing that? And what is what is Jake feeling? at that young age that causes that type of physical reaction? Right. Well, it's, it's a neurobiological disorder, um, that it's, you don't really have symptoms. They can't, you get diagnosed based on behaviors that you have. So it's not like there's a test that they can run and say, yes, you have Tourette's. It's just, Mm -hmm. if you've been, you know, if you've had vocal or physical tics for six months or more, then basically you have Tourette's. Um, like I said, it, it manifested early on just with repetitive words um, and and then progressed into the physical tics, um, tapping the inside corner of his eye till it was bloody, mm. um, sticking his fingers down his throat to touch the back of his throat. And it, it it had to result in a certain type of feeling or else he had to continue to do that. So you've got this little, this this six-year-old little boy whose brain is telling him to do these bizarre things that make zero sense, Mm -hmm. but yet he has to do it. So it's, it's like he was a puppet and this, you know, this invisible puppeteer is, is controlling everything and telling him, you want to do this. You have to do this. Wow. And, yeah, and and I'm so I mean you can imagine his frustration because he didn't understand. Yeah, I mean, you know, and I didn't understand. And going back to what you said about people not really understanding Tourette's, I didn't understand Tourette. My information about Tourette's came from a documentary that I watched, and I want to say it was Oprah. I don't know because mm-hmm. it was ages ago, but I remember it was about this guy. He had Tourette's. He had coprolalia, which is what most people know. And what that is, is it's the cursing tick, they yes, call it. right. Um, and that, unfortunately, that's what the media loves to portray. Yeah. Because it's, it's more interesting, you know, yeah. it's, it's more sensational. And so that's the way it's portrayed. When in reality, less than 10% of the Tourette's population has coprolalia. Oh, interesting. So that's how small that is. Wow. And in terms of these, these behaviors that result in him feeling physical pain, mm-hmm. is it, I, I know that you said he's seeking a feeling, but is it a mm-hmm. self-destructive type of neurological misfiring that, that seeks out pain specifically, or it's just performing 
the action that he thinks he needs to do and pain happens to be part of it. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And and it's it's more it's not a pain seeking thing. I get okay. I see what you're saying and I understand what you're saying, okay. but it's more of just a feeling because it doesn't it didn't necessarily have to be a painful feeling. It's just kind of like if you've got an itch, you yeah. scratch it till you get that satisfaction and that was that's exactly what it's like. Right. It's, and in in talking about it that way too to give you an idea. So, for example, if you've got if I tell you to hold your breath you can hold your breath that's not a problem when if I tell you to hold it for too long when I finally do allow you to breathe you're going to be gasping in air Uh same thing with Jake's ticks if you asked him to hold his ticks which is something you would never do or that you should never do with a person with Tourette's they can contain it for a certain amount of time but when but when it's time for those to come out oh, they're going to come out and they're going to come out in rapid fire and just, it's not something they can control. And it's very uncomfortable when they're asked to hold them in because it's just like having that itch you can't scratch. Right. I understand. I understand. That is got to be terribly, I mean, you just feel trapped. I could only imagine that feeling. And especially as a young person having a very limited, um, mature brain at that point trying to process it i'm sure i'm sure we're we're, we're going to talk about how things evolved but um so so when a child or a person with tourette's is expressing those tics are they behaving normally quote unquote normally i shouldn't use that word right like typically the rest of the time like could he get away with seeming like a neurotypical child and then these tics would arise or is there is there always a sense of of that not at all he, okay. he's your your neurotypical child other than he would have these outbursts okay. meaning the the vocalizations yes. or the the physical tics um but other than that i mean and that's that's what's so frustrating is because he presents as a neurotypical child yes but he's not right I mean even still today he has issues so and and we still find ourselves with him at age 23 trying to to work around some of his issues because they they manifest in different ways now and and I'm sure we'll get to that yeah. point like where he is now but but so to answer your question he's just just your neurotypical child right? just happens to have Tourette's. And you know, Uh, Ginger, I feel like that even makes it more difficult as a parent as well because of the judgment. So you're in public and, you know, if somebody, you know, a stranger sees a child behaving a certain way, but then they also have a physical disability that kind of um, explains and gives context for some of that behavior. I think there's a lot more grace that happens naturally versus, and I've seen this with a lot of my friends who have, you know, children with various special needs that look mm-hmm. typical and like they should, should be able to behave a certain developmentally appropriate way. And they're not, mm-hmm. uh, I, I feel for the parent in, in that moment as well as the child. Very frustrating. Ugh. Very frustrating. We, we witnessed that so many times with people who just didn't get it. Right. Because he does present as your neurotypical child. Um, but what's going on inside his brain is anything but neurotypical. I yeah. mean, the, the bad thing about Tourette's is that very rarely does it come to the table alone. You yeah. get all kinds of other tag-along conditions and so not only so he was diagnosed formally diagnosed with severe Tourette's when he was six years old okay Okay. that's a big diagnosis and let me let me back up just a little bit um because we were talking about just stereotypically what people know about Tourette's and what they don't know about Tourette's and so going back to where my knowledge of Tourette's was when I had Jake and, and it's I'm going to try to do this without crying because it's, it's still very, very difficult for me to admit this out loud. But when I watched that Oprah episode where the guy had coprolalia and that's what he had. And and it, even though it was Oprah, it still felt like they chose somebody 
like that because it was sensational. And I can remember laughing because it was funny when he would punch the air with his fist and yell an obscenity. It hurts me so much to say that out loud, but this is just me being absolutely 100% honest. That was my experience with Tourette's prior to Jake. And so when, when he started presenting these symptoms, I knew before he was diagnosed, I knew what he had. Wow. It's just that mother's instinct. And I felt so ashamed for having laughed at this person who had it, you know? Well, and I think, I know all of us have felt that way about something fill in the blank because until it really impacts your life until you walk in those shoes until you mm-hmm. see it from the other side i mean there's too many things in life that you know could be different than your own <clears throat> that could be different than your own reality to really have a full comprehension mm-hmm. of what what that looks like what that experience is like what that parent feels like and and that's why I'm so passionate about sharing these types of stories and I mean I've been doing this four and a half years and we've never covered Tourette's yet and wow. it, there's just so much we can cover because there's just so many different things that children and people experience in their life but I mean it just goes mm-hmm. to show that there's gonna be people listening that don't know anybody personally and maybe you have only seen that Oprah episode or Right. You know, only have that kid in the class in fifth grade where it legitimately feels funny to be sitting reading a read aloud right. book on the carpet and then they start swearing in the back row. Like your your gut instinct is to, to laugh or to respond that way, not to respond with compassion and think that must be really hard for that person. So I, I appreciate your own vulnerability and then change of heart, hoping that we don't have to, to fully experience it in order to gain that that empathy or that compassion. Exactly. Yeah. And, and it, and it's so true that, you know, unless you are experiencing something similar, you, I mean, it's just not on your radar. Yeah. And, and, but then after, you know, once I realized that that was what he, what his diagnosis was going to be, the shame that I felt because then my way of thinking shifted and it was because in the documentary, the guy was on a date mm-hmm. and his ticks were really high because with the, with any type of stressful situation, the ticks would increase. So naturally he, you know, the pressure of being on a date and the girl got up and walked out on him. And so in my mind, the shift that took place was, Oh my God, my son will never have anybody. Mm. Oh, yeah. And that, I mean, even now, you right. know, it, it's just like somebody stabbed me in the heart. Right. Hey, everyone. I want to jump in and thank another show sponsor. This is one of my favorites, HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get fresh, pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. You can skip the trip to the grocery store. You can skip trying to stress out about what's for dinner again. And HelloFresh is there to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh is one I keep coming back to in my busy seasons of life. We had three meals delivered to us last week, and it was so fun because I was able to use ingredients I don't normally use, and I may not want to buy or don't know where to find it in the grocery store. HelloFresh gives me the right amount, and they walk me through with picture lead recipes so anybody can do this any novice cook like me can execute a delicious meal that they've never made before and wow their family they're basic enough so the whole family will like them but they're also really innovative which is super duper fun one thing I really love is that HelloFresh's ingredients are sourced directly from growers and delivered from farm to your front door in under a week. Contact free, of course. And you might wonder if you're going to be spending more money with HelloFresh. Well, you get to actually get a better value because HelloFresh is 28% cheaper than shopping at your local grocery store and 72% cheaper than a restaurant. 
and they change their meals every week. Last week I did firecracker meatballs and a chicken parmesan that was so delicious. So I would love for you to give HelloFresh a try if you have never done so. So go to hellofresh.com EMP12 and use code EMP12 for 12 free meals. Yep, including free shipping. Go to hellofresh.com EMP12 and use code EMP12 for 12 free meals, including free shipping. You're going to love America's number one meal kit as much as I do. And tell me what you order so I know what to order next. Now let's keep going with Ginger. So your son was also diagnosed with OCD. And that can be a diagnosis that flippantly thrown around to people that don't actually have OCD, that gets mocked, Absolutely. that gets belittled, when really it is it it can be something that really does take over your life, can't it? Oh, Oh, absolutely. And it did. I mean, so this kid had the diagnosis of severe Tourette's when he was six. And then when he was eight, severe OCD. So he didn't get, you know, just little doses of this or that. And Mm -hmm. along with both of those, he got anxiety and depression. I'm sure that makes total sense. Yeah. So, and the bad thing about, well, there are so many bad things, but the bad thing about the, the diagnosis of OCD and Tourette's So with Tourette's, you know, I talked about it in terms of holding your breath and it's eventually going to come out the way that in speaking with his psychiatrist with Tourette's, you can't ask them to stop that. It's Mm -hmm. just, it's, it's a very unfair thing to say. And it's something that they can't do. However, with OCD, you are meant to encourage them to fight to fight this invisible bully that's telling them to do these things. So you've got Tourette's, you just leave it alone. They have to do it. OCD, you, you tell them to fight it. You know, you you teach them to be strong and to fight it. But what happens, rhetorical question, what happens when the OCD controls the Tourette's? <laughs> which is exactly what happened with Jake. Where, how do you, what do you do? This is what we were left with. It's like, okay, well, we, because... The OCD is telling him to do his tics this amount of times, so you can't tell him to fight the OCD because he can't fight the Tourette's. It was just this, it was very difficult trying to know as a parent how to help him because they were two very different things. And the, the story of his diagnosis with OCD is very interesting because, so as I said, he was six, diagnosed with severe Tourette's. When he was eight years old, um, that's when my youngest son was born and one of Jake's ticks, it's weird to call it a tick, but one of his ticks was to put small objects in his mouth. So mm-hmm. it was kind of a tick and OCD thing. He had to get that certain sensation of having that small object in his mouth. Mm-hmm. One day when he had a, uh, Mario, the video game, a Mario keychain. It was a little little mushroom for Mario. I'll never forget. It It was a little one up mushroom Mm -hmm. and he had put it in his mouth. And when he pushed his tongue forward to push it out, it went the other way and he swallowed it. Mm -hmm. This is a metal keychain. Wow. And not, not a small keychain. It was a decent sized mushroom metal keychain. And that's, we had to rush him to the ER. It was lodged in his esophagus. We almost had to have surgery. There was a miracle, truly a miracle. That thing passed through his esophagus. I don't know how, cause it was pointed. Wow. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, we still haven't seen it to this day. We joke about that because it was a one up keychain, and in the game, in the Mario game, a one up is an extra life. So we laugh and say that he's still got an extra life in him. Somewhere. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. <laughs> You have to find the humor. You do, you do. But um, it it was at that point, though, the point of the story that we took him back to the psychiatrist. And it was at that point that we finally had to put him on medication. I was very, very anti-medication because he was so small and because of all this. But the OCD put his life in danger. And so it was at that point that we realized he needed to be medicated. Yeah. And so is there medication for Tourette's? And then how does that differ than medication for OCD? And is that problematic? I, I know nothing. Teach me. <laughs> okay. 
Yeah, I will. I will try. <laughs> um, well, as far as medication for Tourette's, eh, yes and no. There are some medications, uh, um, and actually one of them, it's called guanfacine, and it's exactly what is in a decongestant cough syrup. Hmm. It's That's like the number one ingredient. And um, he was on that for a while, um, hoping to to kind of lessen his tics. We didn't, we didn't see any improvement with that. Um, but he was put on Zoloft for the OCD. Mm -hmm. And prior to that, his, I mean, it it was really bad. I mean, this was, he was eight years old and he wanted to die. He didn't understand why any of this stuff was happening to him. And he would ask me why. And being asked a question like that, that you can't answer as a parent is as I'm sure you can imagine the worst. I mean, I'm a mother, I'm supposed to fix things and I couldn't, I couldn't do anything. Yeah. So we, we agreed to put him on the medication and within three days I had my old Jake back. Now his ticks didn't stop and, and the OCD didn't, didn't go away, but it was controlled and his mood was back to, he was just an eight year old kid wow. rather than a kid who wanted to die. Wow. Oh, what a miracle. Yeah. What a miracle to have that really glimpse. Fun. Yeah. Because I was so afraid to put him on anything because, you know, I mean, number one, his little body, he was just a baby. And to put drugs like that, you know, and I'm not anti-drugs. I'm, I suffer from depression and anxiety and I'm on stuff, but you know, that's a hard decision to make when you're a parent to put your child on this because it comes with, you know, the laundry list of warnings may cause suicidal thoughts, make, you know, all this stuff. And you're like, I'm going to put my eight-year-old on that. Right. But it was a godsend. It, it, I say it literally saved his life. Yeah. I mean, because he, he could have died from swallowing that keychain. Right. You know? Yeah. And I, that was a, sorry. Yeah. Go go ahead. ahead. Yeah. And, and, and when I hear stories like this from, from parents that need to make decisions like that on their child's behalf and things like that, you know, a lot of times it comes down to like, well, what's going on right now is not working either. Like this is this is no way to live either. And so are these potential side effects worth it? Or uh, even some negative side effects worth it? You know, you kind of have to weigh out those things because what's going on right now is not sustainable. And so to be just afraid of, you know, any any potential things that might come up with it, with a change, you kind of have to be open-handed with that, don't you? And, but that's not, I mean, easier said than done, most definitely. Right. And, and the thing is, is that this poor kid, I have to tell you, he was put through so much Mm. of me (laughs) trying, terrible, trying to fix him. I mean, because like I said, as a mother, that's what you do. You put band-aids on things, you fix things, you kiss it and make it better. And so I, I became, the, the biggest Google researcher that you have ever known. I mean, I was constantly, you know, uh, looking for things to lessen his tics. And of course, you can look for things and they are out there. I mean, I put the kid on a vitamin regimen that I cannot even believe he, he did for me <laughs> because yeah. he was taking, oh my gosh, had to be like 15, 20 vitamin pills a day and drinking this concoction of vitamins but he wanted to be better too right I think mostly he did that for me like okay mom if this is gonna make you feel better let's try it and of course nothing worked you know all the natural stuff that we tried but I did try it all I put him through a lot of stuff trying to help him um and and that's that's kind of how the title of the book came to be too that he's not broken um because he taught me that about himself. Yeah. Hey everyone, wanted to jump in one last time and thank our final show sponsor and that is Bulldog Yoga Online. It is no secret, we're all juggling a lot. And if you're like me, fitness can go out the window pretty quickly if it's not super convenient. And right now with a new baby at home, yoga is my go-to to get my flexibility and strength back and I need to do it on my own timeline. And that is where Bulldog Yoga comes in. Bulldog Yoga Online helps families to get yoga into their life 
because they're all about taking the intimidation out of it by replacing with music, smiles, and no judgment. Bulldog Online is about making yoga fun. Yes, fun. And Bulldog's streaming online classes are available on demand anytime, any place on your schedule. And that is exactly what I need. The other thing I love about Bulldog Yoga Online is that the classes range from 12 to 60 minutes. So you know when you don't know how long your baby's gonna sleep? Start with 12 minutes and you can always do another 12. <laughs> that is my secret to doing yoga. That is what I think you should try. So I want you to give it a try. Your first 30 days are free at bulldogonline.com. That's bulldogonline.com and use code EEP for an additional 50% off your first paid month. Isn't that so nice? Again, that's bulldogonline.com, coupon code EEP for 50% off your first paid month. And that's after you get 30 days for free to try it. Thank you so much, Bulldog Online, for sponsoring the show. It, I would imagine there goes a there goes from a period of you trying to fix and band aid and support and whatever medicate whatever your own child and control their their ticks or eliminate their ticks or lessen their ticks and then they become more aware of what's going on and then he probably became self conscious about it as well and so it's not just you you know trying whatever you can with your knowledge but then as he matures mm -hmm. his own kind of self-awareness both positive and negatively probably right like the embarrassment factor mm -hmm. and wanting to control it around Absolutely. you know peers and, and things like that in addition to just not wanting to feel terrible all the time what was that like once he got to right. the age where he was more self-aware of what was going on and maybe was trying to suppress that him, himself um, it's, it's really interesting. One of the things that I always like to say that was really a shock to me is that his peers were very accepting. Mm. I mean, kids, I learned that kids just kind of want to know what it is. Like, why are you making these funny noises? I have Tourette's. Okay. Do you want to go play? Got it. The people that it was the adults wow. and, and I, have been floored so many times by the behavior of adults with regards to Jake and his tics. Wow. It's just, it's shameful. You know, the, yeah. the, the people who should know better and they're the ones who made him feel the most uncomfortable. Wow. And that, that, I mean, yeah, I know it was, it was a shock to me, but kids now, that's not to say that there weren't mean kids. There's, yeah. I mean, of course, but nine times out of 10, the kids just needed to know what was going on. And then once they knew they were fine. I mean, you know, it was the adults who would get annoyed with him and like, come on, knock it off. Right. We had, um, I homeschooled him through third grade and it wasn't, it didn't have anything to do with his diagnosis. Just the schools where we live were terrible. Um, and as it turned out, it worked out best once he was diagnosed too but um when we put him in school for fourth grade and that went fine I mean the kids were great to him when we switched schools in fifth grade um to a parochial school because of the academics and when I decided to make that call I talked with the principal I talked with the teachers and I flat out told them everything about Jake. I'm like, this is who he is. This, this is what's going on. Is that going to be a problem? And of course they said, no, absolutely not. No problem whatsoever. You know, we love our kids. We support our kids. He was kicked out mm. on his second day. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And then, and this coming from a woman who flat out told me that it wasn't going to be a problem, but she, what had happened is that the teacher was expecting work to get done quickly and it was taking him a little bit longer. Um, handwriting is a problem for a lot of kids with Tourette's. It's called dysgraphia. Hmm. It was taking him a little bit longer. So she went to his desk and told him to hurry up. So he started writing faster. Then she got onto him because it was too messy and he called her out on it. Hmm. He said, I, what do you want me to do? I'm trying here. And you know, and this is part of my issue. And they said, this is not the school for him. But just because of that. Wow. 
Oh, that breaks my heart. Yeah. That breaks my heart. And the fact that he had to advocate for himself it, in this brand new environment. And, oh, that right. just breaks my heart. Um, with, going back to my fifth grade experience, yeah. um, sure, I remember some snickering and some laughing because the kid in the class did, you know, make some of the noises and the yeah. swear words and things like that that were seemed entertaining to us. And then I remember, right. Ginger, his mom coming in. And doing a presentation for us, like, if you know, mm-hmm. a month or two into school when clearly, you know, he, you know, we had questions and there were some responses from the kids. And he also had friends, though. I remember mm-hmm. that as well. But his mom came in and said, let me tell you what Tourette's is. Like, does anybody know? We Like, we didn't know. Right. And so you really do have to give... Yes people in general, the benefit of the doubt that if they don't have a context for it, like we're going to respond kind of reflexively, not like cognitively and, and, and wisely a lot of times. And so giving the, giving uh, that information yeah. to our class, I remember really empowered all of us to be more mm-hmm. understanding. And if I remember correctly, it really did take everything down a notch with a the child's stress of feeling vulnerable right. and self-conscious and b our reaction because it wasn't nearly as funny when we knew it was something he couldn't control and he was even embarrassed about right like we're nice kids but we right. didn't know but we didn't know better and that breaks right. my heart yeah. to think there's adults that don't know better and i think we could all just do better with giving people the benefit of the doubt even if we don't have the full story it's funny that you say that because the person who taught me that would be my son when he was 10 years old. Sure. We've had so many experiences where he was made fun of and, you know, and I'm bowing up and I'm like, you know, <laughs> making eye contact with these people, like, go ahead and say something. Do it right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm ready to on you, mama bear, and I will take care of you. Right. And, and this, I mean, there, there were so many specific experiences and I won't get into them, but, but Jake's response to all that was to put his arm around me and say, mom, it's not fair for you to get mad at them. They don't know what's going on. And I'm Mm. like, what, where does this come (laughs) from? You can, what are you doing? Yes, I can be mad. I'm going to be mad. But he just always had that self-awareness of, I, I don't know. He just, he always had that in his mind that you can't really be mad at him. Because we do have to teach them about it. And he would. He was very open about it. You know, I mean, he he was not ashamed at all. Now, that doesn't mean that he was never embarrassed. Sure. But he was very open about it. And let me tell you about it. You know, what do you know? What don't you know? And so he taught me that that is the best way to handle it, not to get angry with the people. But to, because nine times out of ten, when you did explain to somebody it's like you said with the kid in fifth grade Mm. it it takes it it just gives you that understanding that you didn't have and so you're not going to react in that inappropriate way right yeah and it can be embarrassing to get called out for misbehavior or mischaracterizing somebody or things like that and to learn something new using a word that's offensive Mm -hmm. you know to a certain community or things like that it can be embarrassing right. to be to, to have to learn the hard way, but it's better than continuing on with that naivete and um, hurtfulness your whole your whole life, for sure. Right? Oh, you must be so proud yeah. of him. How amazing! He sounds oh. just extraordinary. He he's just he's incredible. Oh. I I have two amazing sons. I mean, yeah. they're both just so incredible. I always feel like Nick gets kind of left out. Yeah, I know. I wish we had more time to talk about Nick. <laughs> We'll have to have you back on to talk um, about Nick. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah, he, he's equally amazing. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I couldn't be prouder of Jake. And I mean, the kid has struggled. He's, sure. he's had some very difficult times. His, ironically enough, his Tourette's kind of, we say it went away. It never goes away. But when you hit puberty, it tends to get worse just because of all the hormones, you know, just everything going on but his did the opposite Hmm. it went down unfortunately when that took the back seat OCD said hey here we are let's take this up a notch and his OCD got debilitating so it's they just kind of made room for the next one and um and it got really really bad I mean 
it was the OCD is worse than the Tourette's to deal with, wow. you know, so much worse. Oh, that's so hard. That's so hard to, yeah. to have that evolution and to think, oh, maybe, maybe we're turning a right. corner, but then the corner is still dark. That's so hard. Right. So he's 23. Yeah. Jake's 23. He's, he's 23. Ad- he's an adult with Tourette's or, or a more manageable form of Tourette's um, yeah. and OCD. What does life yeah. look like for him today? And how have things transpired? I remember at the beginning of the, you know, talking to you when you said, you know, you're worried he's never going to, you know, have a partner or anything like that. Where did those fear, how did you handle those types of fears for the future? How have things evolved? And what do you think now for his, for his future? Well, I'm happy to report he has a girlfriend. Oh! <laughs> so, yeah, they've, they've been seeing each other for six months now. The The funny thing is, and you tell me how in the world this happened, I don't know. So they met on Match.com, and this was not part of his profile that he had Tourette's and OCD. She has Tourette's and OCD. No. That is crazy. Which is just wow. crazy. He, when he told me that, I'm like, you're lying. There's no way. He's like, no, she does. Um, so it's just, just crazy. So that he has someone who understands him, yeah. which is, is a beautiful thing because I can't tell you how many, literally how many nights I spent crying being so fearful that he would be alone in this world. And that is because he would tell me all the time. Um, I mean, they've been together six months, but prior to that, he's the loneliest person I've ever met in my life. Hmm. And to have your son, tell you that you know i mean he would just be in tears and he'd just say mom i'm so lonely and that chokes me up now even though i know he's not anymore but that is because that's something i can't fix yeah you know right and um so yeah that was that that was really difficult to to try to help him manage those emotions um to to be such a different person from everybody else and to feel so isolated, which he was um, extremely isolated because he had a severe social anxiety as well. Um, mm-hmm. Another tag along friend. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, but he's doing great now. He's in college. Um, he's he's studying to be a quantum physicist. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, exactly. That's some big stuff. That's big stuff. Um, yeah. He said his goal in life is to understand and uh to to be able to answer the question why is the universe i was like okay good luck have have fun with that i'm glad somebody's interested yeah (laughs) wow wow so the future is unlimited for him yeah yeah Yeah. absolutely yeah Yeah. wow it's it's looking good and he's happy and you know this is the first time in I mean, honestly, this is the first time in years that I am able to say that he is happy. Wow. Because he never was. Wow. Whew, so, man. And you just got to hold on it's, to that it's hope. Like, yeah. 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 I feel like I can breathe. I felt like I've been holding my breath for 23 years. Right. And I feel like I can breathe now. Oh, I'm so glad for you. So your new book is He's Not Broken, A Mother's Journey to Acceptance. And... And I love that mm-hmm. dichotomy of he's not broken. You're talking about your son and then a mother's journey to acceptance. Mm-hmm. So then it's your part in this story. And I just think that is so, so powerful. And what do you hope people will get out of this reading this book? The main thing that I, I, I wrote the book because it was the book that I needed when Jake was diagnosed right. because I was having feelings that I was very uncomfortable with. Um, disappointment, uh, anger, grief. It's kind of like a little 12 step process that I had to go through that I think anybody has to go through when they, when their child is not who they expected their child to be. And I think what I want people to get from the book and what I want them to understand is that those emotions do not define you. They do not make you a bad person. They make you human and it's natural to, to feel those things. It doesn't mean that you love your child any less because God knows I couldn't love this kid any more than I do. Um, but I just want people to feel less alone because I felt very, very alone. Yeah. I can only imagine. And sometimes the very 
most important work we can ever do in our life is going to come out of a challenge or a trial or an experience that we did not expect that now you know firsthand what it's like to go through something like this. And if you can offer that perspective to somebody else who is early on in that journey going, I don't know what to expect. I don't know if I can handle this. I don't know how long I can hold my breath, like you were saying, to say that even after years and years and years, and you probably wish it, it could have been shorter, that you could have exhaled a little bit sooner. But but the point is that you did. The point is that you've you've gotten there and, and that you have the tools right. to continue to climb that hill with and for your son. I think that is so, so beautiful. So where can people find you online, find the book, all the things? I am on Facebook, Ginger Michelle Collins McGee. It's a long, you can just type in Ginger McGee and I'm sure I'd come up. Mm-hmm. I'm on, I have a website, gingermcgee.com. Um, that I need to post to a little bit more regularly, but you can find me there. Mm-hmm. Um, there are also links to my books on there too, um, on gingermcgee.com. The book is available on amazon.com, uh, barnesandnoble.com. And you can also be even better as if you go ask your local bookstore to carry it. That would be super. <laughs> yes. And you can ask your local library to purchase it too, to have it in circulation. That is true. Yeah. So that's another yes. fantastic Thank option. For yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Well, Ginger, I am so, so proud of you. You are a warrior mother. You've written this book that will serve as a companion for so many people, I'm sure, who are walking a similar road that need that hope, that need that inspiration. And Jake just sounds like a rock star. And I just am so excited (laughs) for the next chapter of all of your lives. I always ask my guests one final question, and it's this. What would you tell your pre-motherhood self? Ooh. I think I'd just keep it really simple and remind myself to breathe because I held my breath for so long Mm -hmm. and, and just to know that whatever you've been given, you can get through. Oh, that just doesn't sound important enough. What I'm saying. No, it does. You can, you can, you can keep breathing throughout the trial, right? Like you don't have to hold your breath till it's over. Right. And I think that's, I mean, and I, as simple as that is, I think yeah. that's it because yeah. I, I mean, you don't want to be oxygen deprived trying to handle, you know, it's a whole thing of put your oxygen mask on first. Yeah, I, never, right. I never did. Right. <laughs> like, I, I mean, I held my breath for so long, just waiting for the next thing or, sure. you know, waiting for the other shoe to drop, but you have to breathe and you can breathe. I think that people forget they can breathe and yeah. I think you have to breathe. Yeah. I love that. Thank you, Ginger. Thank you for sharing your story with us today. You are so inspiring. You're truly extraordinary. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. My pleasure. I hope you enjoyed that conversation and I hope you learned something. Tourette's is not one of those things that gets that much press. It's definitely one of those challenging categories of kids suffering silently a lot of times because for the most part, they tend to look typical. So when you're in a grocery store or on the playground or in a classroom, these kids can kind of fly under the radar as quote unquote normal. And then when their behavior doesn't match, the scrutiny and the judgment that accompanies can be even more grueling than when you have a disability that manifests on the outside. Do you know what I mean? And so I think that we should all treat everybody like they're going through something hard, like they have a challenge because we all do and give extra compassion for those kids that may not act typically. And even if we don't know why, we can embrace our differences and help our kids to do the same. Thank you, Ginger. I'm going to link her book over at ExtraordinaryMomsPodcast.com. I would love for you to pick that up to support her. What a wonderful tribute to her son. And I hope that's helpful to you if you are trying to accept your children right where they are. (laughs) Who isn't? If you don't already follow me on Instagram, there's Cooper grunting. If you don't already follow me on Instagram, you can do that at JessicaDahlquist3 or on Facebook at ExtraordinaryMomsPodcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And we'll see you next week for another episode episode with another extraordinary mom bye say bye cooper bye he's blowing bubbles bye everybody